You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 134, recorded November 29th, 2021. Topic for this episode is Ripples Part 1. If you couldn't tell, I'm your host this time. I am Elmist. Hi, I'm Orchid. And we got some podcast info. We encourage feedback. That can be sent to us on Twitter at Guardians underscore Lore, at Hey It's Orchid, or at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And if you do, let us know about it. Or you could just jump into our Discord. The invite is down in the episode description, but if you feel like typing it out, it's discord.gg slash lorehub. Ooh, you got it. You nailed it. Look at you. You're so good at this. Because I'm the one who set it up. <laughs> I'm trying to be encouraging here. <laughs> Look at me being encouraging. God damn it. You can also find our info at thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. We're still there. There it is. I checked this time, actually. There it is. Also, also the site admin. We, we can't leave. So erroneously last week, I thought maybe we wouldn't be there. We're still there. So, so. Mm-hmm. this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle, it's going to be a little shorter this week. Thank God! Especially when you compare it to last week. <laughs> last week's was so long! So long! <laughs> I just it's like, would you like some lore with your Twoggle? <laughs> I just love, there was, there was one cut in that Rindle did. And he's like, yeah, yeah it was, was pretty long. long. Thanks, you chuckle fucks. <laughs> I blame both you chuckle fucks. <laughs> he did. He was very mad at us. <laughs> it was beautiful. I know. We're a little mean sometimes. Sorry. Not sorry. Mine is usually unintentional. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm usually intentional. Oh, you're you're completely above board on it. We know. Uh-huh. Uh, so for the actual TWAB this past week, it was very light. Essentially, it was saying, hey, we're doing something called Galler Days where every day there's going to be something new in, in the store or, you know, a, essentially like a coupon or some kind of discount or some kind of item that you can purchase, something you can download for free. Like the Grimoire Anthology Volume 4. <laughs> but there's also fun, cool things like print at home coloring pages. And Grimoire Anthology Volume 4. And print at home coloring pages. We're going to be stuck in a loop here. <laughs> but yeah, that was the majority of the TWAB. Was just, hey, we're doing this thing in the Bungie store. Go check it out. Yeah. It was neat. There's also a really cool... um papercraft cube fold of Gallerhorn, which I thought was really neat. Um, so if you wanted to make a little paper figure of Gallerhorn for your desk and like fold it all up, 
and print it out and like tape it. It's uh, it's really cool. So they have that too. I'm actually considering that. Oh yeah, it's super neat. Um, I don't have a printer at home, so I have to wait until I get back to work to actually do that. But they have like 50% off soundtracks. They you get a really cool emblem if you buy anything at the store during the entire event. There's lots of fun things. I don't know if it's still going to be going on by the time this comes out because it ends December 6th. So this comes out the 3rd. So you have until Monday the 6th. You have until the day before the 30th anniversary starts. Yep. Mm. Essentially, this was kind of like the 12 days of Bungie anniversary. Ah, okay. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool, neat new stuff in the store to look at. It's all very obnoxious and destiny related i don't know there's an agar scepter beanie that i bought that you get for the reward of getting agar scepter so i got that i don't know i wear a lot of beanies in the winter time half my hair isn't on my head so it's cold uh, i get chilly i wasn't gonna say anything i get chilly i wear a beanie too they have a cute like zippy hoodie also I kind of want the zippy hoodie. I love zippy hoodies. And actually getting a new beanie isn't a bad idea. And for our American listeners, uh, we had Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, Orchid? Yay, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, It was fun. Um, I went to a friend's house and we made steak frites and I got to cuddle the dog and we watched The Matrix and we watched uh, Spirited Away and it was fun. So 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 you stopped at the first Matrix? Yeah, we were gonna watch the second one and then we both decided no, it gets worse after this. So we just watched the first one. Because we were like, oh man, the Matrix is so good. We should totally watch it. And then after the first one, we're like, no, it's perfection. We should just stop here. <laughs> Smart play. <laughs> and also we didn't want to change apps, so we just stuck <laughs> with the HBO Max app. <laughs> Which is why we're like, oh, all the Studio Ghibli, like, um, all of their movies are on there. So um, he's like, so what's your favorite one? I'm experienced away. Of course, I pick like the longest fucking one. Of course you did. And it's like two in the morning or three in the morning by the point, like when we're done. So we're both just like falling asleep. Of course. You but did. it was really fun. Yeah, I made cookies instead of pie. Because um, my job was to, like, I brought the food, but my job was to, like, bake something. So I made pumpkin spice snickerdoodles, the re-snickerdoodling, to improve on my last time that I made them. And they were much better this time. So they were really good. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, my roommate had a few friends over, one of which actually is one of our mutual friends but I don't talk to him all too often. Maybe like once every two years. Um, But they made beef wellington. I helped by staying out of the kitchen. <laughs> and then we ended up just watching Batman, like the, the college humor Batman parody. Interesting. I've never heard of that before. Oh, I have some videos to send you. <laughs> but then Friday... Uh, Friday morning, I, I went over to the Hivens and I just spent the weekend with them. Played a little bit of D and D, mostly just that sounds so nice. Loved around the house, 
No. Hyven and I essentially had a mandate. A, a what? Um, Mrs. Hyven had something going on Saturday night, so him and I just went up to the family room and sat there and watched Venom and Venom 2. Ooh. Right? It was all cozy and intimate. Mm-hmm. How are the Hyvens? <laughs> They're they good. good. That's good. How are the puppies? They are good. Um, Kona okay. had gotten into a bag of Twizzlers and oh, no. completely finished the tw- the bag. Oh, no. Kona, why? So, all yesterday, Hyven, and this is yesterday, Sunday, the 28th. Oh, Jesus. Hyven and Mrs. Hyven were just watching Kona the entire day. Like, you're shaking like you have to get rid of things. Jeez. Oh, but you're not getting rid of things. But everything's good. Kona's fine. So the puppies are good. I'm so glad. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It it it's nice to just get out of the the apartment and visit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it is good to get out sometimes. It's kind of hard. With the new Omicron whatever coming and like lockdowns are starting to happen again because people don't know what's happening. Yeah. But it's good to just kind of like just get out and do something. I feel like I've been locked in my house so long. Right. That I've just like completely changed my entire life. It Pretty much. And I it's so hard. Thinking of resuming life in post pandemic terms like it it mm-hmm. at this point i get anxious about it yeah i do too like i i don't know about anybody else but like i've become accustomed to what life is like now and thinking of trying to transition back to the way it was it it gives me anxiety mm-hmm. yeah it's our symphony i haven't talked about symphony in a long time because we haven't had symphony in a long time because they keep canceling it and our last director left because he got a job elsewhere but at this point like i have three podcasts even though focus fire chat is kind of still half on hiatus we're talking about coming back full-time hopefully by february at the latest good big announcement yeah, that's when Blue thinks he, that, like, little baby will be old enough that she won't need to be watched as much. So That makes sense. Hopefully by then we'll be able to come back with, like, weekly episodes. Until then it'll be still a little spaced out, especially with, like, the holidays coming up and everything else. But I don't think I'm going to go back to playing the violin because of covid like, I'm kind of tired of being jerked around by, like, my old job. I can understand that. So, I'm just, like, I think I'm just kind of done. Which sucks. It, all it really means is now you, if you want to play, like, you're playing for yourself rather than yeah as a part-time job. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was nice. I, I It was nice you know getting paid right to play but i'm just like right but like like, uh... there's that that mental 
distinction. Like there, there's something mental about it that when you're doing something that you enjoy as part of a job, eventually mm-hmm. you associate the thing you love with the money and it's it does something to to most people that i've seen yeah so that it It does it It makes it really hard right right like you start having issues trying to practice because oh well i'm not going to make money off of practicing and it, it starts affecting your mental state about what you originally loved Mm mm-hmm so like it's not a bad thing that you're you're stepping away from symphony. Mhm. Yeah. Oh well. It's fine. But it sucks too at the same time. Well, this was a a twoggle full of not destiny stuff. What have you done in destiny lately? Have you earned any destiny related titles? Uh I gilded Deadeye. Oh cool. I have the last 1100 rep for Gambit. And then I still have 13 wins to do uh to actually guild Dredgen. But like I I'm at that point in the season that I've run out of things to do. No. Yeah, I um I'm the same way. <laughs> it, like I I see myself logging in to finish off all the Gambit stuff. And, like, I'm trying to finish off Gambit armors as well for my two underplayed characters. But for the most part, like, I'm just, I'm at that point where it's getting harder for me to log in because I'm like, the only thing I have left is this. And do I really want to do that? What about you, though? What have you done game-wise this week? I... I finished gilding dredgen this week. I I played a lot of gambit. <laughs> I so gambit. Oh my god. <laughs> um and I finished my blankie for my gambit, my gambit rocket launcher. And I finished Realm Walker. So I got that because the blankie was the only thing I needed. Which I had not gotten any other blankie yet. I went flawless with my friend uh, Kenny and his friend Dream. And we had like a podcast uh, who can get flawless first trials battle with uh, another Destiny podcast, which are our Canadian friends. I like how you say it's a battle (laughs) of the podcasts, but you were the representative, the sole representative. I was the representative because I I had backpacks um, and they didn't, which is hilarious. So I we I knew who was going to win. It was going to be me immediately. <laughs> so it was very funny. See now now my question is: Did they actually go flawless? They got past I think one win, maybe. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it was very painful. I am sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, so it was Newt and Colossus and Star and, um, Star got disconnected so many times he actually got banned from Trials for, like, half an hour or something. Oh. So he had to go play Elimination, which gave us the edge to, like, get to Flawless. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was terrible. (laughs) I felt so bad. I didn't. We won. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's not like I contributed at all. I think I got like a couple of kills like here and there. Because like Kenny is so good. And um like all of his friends are so good. Like it doesn't matter. Like like I swear to God, the two of them, like it doesn't matter who they play with. They can play with anybody. They can play with like an armless shoe. Like <laughs> it's like I could just stand there and they can just win. Like I don't have to do anything. I feel so bad. <laughs> but it was fun. I had a really good time. I know I still need to jump into trials just because I need one more armor piece for my hunter. And then Oh uh, yeah, no. It was it was really fun. Um so that was a, good. an awkward uh, Sunday stream that we had. <laughs> and um, yeah, Kenny is, uh, he's a really good guy and he does a lot of charity work and he raises a lot of money for different charities like in Sweden and just in general. Uh, if you remember, I talked about him, God, I think like a month ago he raised a lot of money for the epilepsy foundation he raised like fourteen thousand dollars for them oh yeah i remember that he does this all the time like all the time he raises money like that kind of money for charities like doing trials carries and things like that and like all the money he raises doing things it all goes to charity so bungie looks the other way <laughs> like it's he does a lot of really good work he's a good guy that's good it's good you can always like look for a lot of his good good works um on his Twitter and stuff. Uh we can link his Twitter. Yeah. Uh or his Twitch like in the show notes or in the episode description so you can find him. But yeah, he does a lot of really good charity work. You guys should hook up with him if you're interested in charity work and what he does. He's a super, super nice guy. He's also super, super good at crucible. He's like top five hundred. <laughs> Jeez. So I'm always like very appreciative of my backpack. <laughs> I do not take him lightly. He's also just a very nice guy. But anyway, yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty much done with my seasonal stuff. So eh, I did what I wanted. Um, I still don't have Dead Eye. <laughs> I need to finish that fucking Dead Eye. The part that I had. It's the it's the bow kills that's what i don't have yet because i don't oh. want to do bow kills and crucible like mm. and see the the issue that i had was <sighs> the gambit kills rapidly defeated point blank kills one of my my clan mates was like just put a sword on as soon as you get ammo just go ham oh my god and that did it for me oh geez because apparently it's glitched I a lot of stuff for Deadeye is glitch, but I thought they fixed some of the glitches. I I think they did as well, but I I don't know. There's there's enough glitched with it that I'm just like, I have it gilded. I'm done. Let's let's just move on. <laughs> but you know what? We can move on to this Lord Network ad. Ooh, sexy. I mean, yay! The Lord Network. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. 
My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. So how was that ad? I mean, damp. Kind of made me damp, too. <laughs> My eyes are watering. Why are they watering? Are you sad? <laughs> Lord, how are you making sad? <laughs> My emotions. People sad. My emotions. <laughs> he made me that ad made me feel <laughs> so brief intro to the topic this lore book was obtained by completing the weekly quest and listening to the audio recordings in the terminal next to the wayfinder it's supplemental for the season of the lost story so we'll include what actually happened during that week and do you want to kick us off yes i would love to this is what happened in week one. So Mara returned. We saw her. She's very good looking again. Um, Osiris was revealed to be the bitch queen. All You really wrote the bitch queen? It's Savathun. Can we just put her name on there? I literally just copy pasted. <sighs> what more do you want from me? God. When Elemist writes the fucking show notes, it's like the bitch queen. It's, it's Savathun. We're working to help remove her worm. Which I swear to God feels so dangerous to me. Like, why are we doing that? I agree. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, it feels really stupid, right? Yep. Just a bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, just a bit. Okay. So Mara returned. Osiris to Savathun. We're removing her worm. She's now encased in ice or something, right? I figured it was like a chrysalis. Is she in ice yet? Is she, is she in stasis crystal? I, I figured it was like a chrysalis. I feel like it's Dreaming City Crystal. Like, that's what she's in. Like, it feels like Dreaming City Crystal. Part of the issue is that we don't know what she actually looked like, so we can't really judge what is coming out of there versus what went in. Yeah, but I figure she just looked like, you know, her brother and sister. I I don't know. So, Hivey. She looked Hivey. And then comes out with like cool wings. I hear there's an ointment for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is. You can also get like, you know, anti itch like <laughs> lotion because they look like very scaly. Like, put on some shea butter. Jesus wept. Okay. I'm going to read this now. This is one ambush. Keitel stands on the bridge of her flagship, six destroyer-class warcraft at her flanks. Weeks of intelligence and a handful of dead spies have brought her to a single point in space. This moment of opportunity. A massive reinforced viewport extends from beneath her feet to the ceiling of the bridge. Through it, dead still azure banners obscure the distant awoken reef. From Keitel's perspective, it appears as a slurry of glitz and dust to be swept away at her command. An idea her advisors spoke of all too frequently. 
their soft conflict with one city had left some eager for a decisive victory in another. It was a distraction. In the space between Keitel and the reef, just beyond the unmoving banners, Malachite licked wisps of intent tear open the space between her and the shimmering dust. Long black spindles of hive workmanship pierce the rift first, preceding a massive tomb carrier twice the size of her flagship. Keitel addresses her bridge officers. Wait until they're through and cannot flee. Her destroyers take up flanking positions opposite of her own as Keitel orders her flagship to maneuver above the massive tomb carrier. When the rift shuts, the order comes over Cabal comms. Strike. The six destroyers spring their diversionary attack. Keitel feels the pressure waves from their silent cannons wash over her as their shells detonate. Tomb, Carrier, and Cabal Warcraft exchange a harrowing gauntlet of ordnance. The diversion is working. Point us straight at their midsection. Launch Ballista Crews. Keitel barks. Inform me when they've taken the bridge. Emerald Flare wells deep in the Tomb Carrier's main gun like a brewing cauldron lined with obsidian teeth. The barrel, a massive column of vertebra from some leviathan creature, ignites with 10,000 hive runes. The tomb carrier belches streams of malefic flame that effortlessly obliterates two spearheading cabal destroyers. Keitel steps forward in horror as their hulls erupt in a series of soulfire explosions. Don't let that gun fire again. Protect our destroyers. She pivots to her navigation office. Bring the ship to minimum jump speed. Full power to the mains. Keitel thrusts a finger at the tomb carrier. Engage the Ares ram and prepare for impact. The flagship hurtles toward the tomb carrier, unleashing a full salvo of cannons and warheads to soften the carrier's carapace. Keitel turns to a bridge crew legionary as the tomb carrier rapidly expands in the viewport behind her. Fetch my shield. On the other side of the reef, Queen Marasov watches through a dreaming city aperture as the battle unfolds on her borders. The inscrutable expression on her face twists with each distant explosion. Petra wishes the small tensing motions would give some indication of what her queen is thinking. Instead, she sees only the cold stare of one predator assessing the size and strength of another. Petra looks to the knife Mara is idly toying with and notices a detail she hadn't before. A pair of kestrels etched into the blade, wings intertwined, line work so fine that she has to squint to recognize their silhouettes. Petra frowns. My queen? she asks, but Mara does not shift her attention from the battle. Kaido's war games will keep Zivu or Wrath occupied while we focus on recovering our lost Tekkians, Mara says. She uses the point of the knife to trace the longest line along her palm. Neither will she be able to launch a full-scale attack on the Dreaming City while the other is at her throat. Savathun first, ventures Petra. 
Mara's stoic facade cracks. She looks down at the blade, at the twin kestrels, and sees something in her own reflection that unsettles her. I saw the thing first, she agrees, sheathing the weapon so she doesn't have to think about it. So, two different scenes are playing here. Mm-hmm. We see Keitel is still fighting Zivu. Right. Or at least I suspect that it's Zivu. Is it actually called out? Um, It's not called out as Zivu, but it's called out as Hive. Uh, right. It just says that they're fighting Hive. It doesn't, it's not called out. It's her fighting Zivu. And Zivu has the strongest force right now. The most upfront force. Oh, actually, no, it's, it's called out in the second part. Keitel's war games will keep Zivu Wrath occupied. So then Mara is trying to attack the Hive on a different front. The next Hive god, Savathun. And since it's at this point that like we're actually keen to what Mara is trying to do, it's like essentially we're trying to exercise that worm. Yeah, it's interesting that... They're just trying to take out all the hive at once. Right? That they're like, well, they're like, oh, well, Ziva's busy. We'll go after Savathun. And I'm like, that's really ambitious of you. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) if it works. I mean, go after it. Like, get it. Sure. But my goodness, that's uh, very, that's a lot. Well, and and so like, I mean, you've got the war race, the cabal fighting the war god so like at that point it they're essentially stalemating each other for a short while and we're trying to use that time to fight on another front so like i i get it it's not the strategic decision i would have made but absolutely not but i i get it yeah i don't think i would have made that either especially with the fact that i want to kill fucking savathun (laughs) <laughs> of course you do that's like your favorite thing of course you want to kill Savathun you're like this is this is my deal I'm into this 100% uh, the problem is I would be if I didn't know that Witch Queen was coming out cause like the entire plot of that expansion revolves around her so we're not gonna kill her yet maybe we're making her vulnerable though well I know we're not I don't think we are because she has an entire throne world that we saw in the trailer and there are hive ghost things. I mean, we don't know. We honestly, from everything we've seen in trailers and teasers, for everything we've seen, we still know literally nothing because they've bamboozled us a lot. Right. We can make a lot of educated guesses, but... We we are still super bamboozled, so... Exactly. I'm not going to make any assumptions until we have the thing in our hot little fists. And and same. Like, I'm going to theorize a little bit. Oh, yeah. Nothing is going to be concrete until we get there. Absolutely not. And that's kind of what I enjoy about Destiny lore, is that... There's no one answer. It can be interpreted a lot of different ways. And unless, you know, Robert Brooks or any of the other writers are like very insistent on like, no, it is this way. This is what we wrote and have say it in black and white, like on Twitter or yep. anywhere else. Then I'm going to 
take that as a very gray area. I can interpret it multiple ways unless it's just like very much a this is in game, this is in lore, this is the way it is, you know? Exactly. And luckily, Destiny is very kind of up in the air about a lot of like the way that they've written it now versus the way it used to be several years ago with a lot more lore books. I, the lore now is much more frustrating than it used to be. Like, I will, I'll be completely honest. Like, I don't really like the way the lore is written now simply because it's like, it's weekly bullshit. Like, I like it and I don't. I'll just like come straight out with it. Like, as we do this, it's just like, you have to come back like week after week and the lore book is tied to the weekly stuff in the game, which I really hate. And it's not divorced from the game. It's not like a supplemental lore book. It is you have to play the game and remember what you did in the game to enjoy the lore book. And I don't think that's the way lore should be written. Well, and, and especially since going back and reading, you know, from the front, I don't remember anything that happened week by week. Yeah, the lore book is garbage now. Like, I I read it and I'm like, what? That doesn't help me. There are certain parts that it's like, oh, yeah, this happened. It, like the Zavala assassination, like you can pinpoint certain things about that. Oh, yeah, they're big moments. But like, aside from those big moments, I don't remember what happened week by week. No. Heck, I barely remember what happened week by week this season. And I had it written down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, writing it down really helps and us talking about it has helped me remember but right i have the memory of like a sieve and that's like from covid twice and just because i just have a bad memory in general like thank you adhd and like neurodivergency and everything else like i have a bad memory and pandemic brain and for yeah for everything for certain things i just have a bad memory right it's just i'm not gonna remember what we did week to week because like frankly i'm just like man but I don't know. It's it's in, like bringing it back to the lore for this for this entry to like kind of finish this one up. It it does tie into the last season because it brings in Keitel. She's battling Zivu Wrath, which is what was happening kind of at the end of last season. Uh, no, that was the season before. <laughs> Whatever. It, she, I'm assuming she was still doing it last season. Like, but like it wasn't forefront in the story. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming she was still doing it last season. Right. It was in last season though, when um we only had like a few mentions of Kyle at all last season. True. Because last season was season of the splicer. True. True. True true no you're right you're right season of the splicer was weird yeah no true so this brings in we'll pretend season of the splicer never happened and <laughs> so this brings in like stuff from this brings in like the end of Immolent and the end of season of the whatever her season was called what was her season called season of the chosen Season of the season 13. Can we just give them numbers? <laughs> Can we stop giving them names? 
like can seriously guys seriously can we just talk for like five seconds bungee I know some I, I know some bungee people listen to this. Bungee, can you stop naming things names? You just give them numbers. This is season 15. Can season 14 be last season and season 13 be the season before that? Can you stop giving them names? No. Cuz I don't care what they're called. <laughs> now to defend Bungie on that front. <sighs> they do classify these as actual content drops. So like if you went and bought an expansion named expansion one, Mm -hmm. would that be appealing or would season of the splicer be appealing? I don't care about their marketing department. I just want them to have numbers. Well, and, and they do have numbers. I mean, we know this is season 15. We know last season was season 14. I know, but everyone always calls it season of the splicer. And I'm like, what season is that? <laughs> like, I don't know when they're like season of the chosen, season of the murder, season of the savior, season of the <laughs> season of the titties. Like, I don't know what season that is. <laughs> like, now, hold on. I want I want to buy the season pass for that one. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> season of the dumpy like i don't know what season those are like can, hey, we... can we go back to season of the titties <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely not this was season of the titties because this was the season that they wrote titties into the little lore <laughs> oh fair play yep <laughs> oh you're welcome <laughs> oh on that front, I'm going to continue <laughs> you on. You want to read the next one? Uh-huh. Okay. <clears throat> so, in week two, not much happened. It That's literally what I have r- written. Uh, so, this is entry two, The Pigeon and the Splicer. Saint-14 sits with his ghost, Geppetto, in his gray pigeon jump ship. You do not want me to go alone. You should not go alone, Brother Saint. The system is in a volatile state. Saint sighs. There is not a guardian in the tower who does not wish to ask me about Osiris. I cannot, Geppetto. Then do not ask a guardian, Geppetto presses. Mithrax is finishing repairs on a shank when he sees Saint-14 transmat into the Batsa district. He watches the saint greet a pair of elixnies startled by his materialization. He watches the guardian bow and the elixni hesitantly bow back. Saint-14 catches Mithrax's gaze and extends an arm toward him, as if asking permission to enter his workshop. It is not needed. Mithrax stands and welcomes Saint-14 as he crosses the threshold. Vel ask saint manages mithrax chatters velask saint may we speak alone of course mithrax shuts and latches a door clearly transplanted from a catch speak freely i would not normally come to you asking for favors saint says pacing house light will aid you if we are able Saint nods to himself. Osiris, 
the real Osiris. Savathun took his form and hid him away. Or so she says. Mithrax bows his head. The true Osiris is innocent. All is not as dire as we presumed. So it would seem. I need to find Osiris. I want to take away the Witch Queen's leverage. When she is broken, the Reef Queen can have her. Saint growls. Marasov has returned. Mithrax drags sharply on his rebreather. Grand pieces are in motion. How do I assist? I am searching for the exact spot Sagir fell. Savathun captured him there. I know it. Saint says. The name Sagira was spoken often in House of Wolves with respect. House Dusk told all houses Sagira fell on Earth's moon. But I know not where. May she find peace in the light. She is missed. Saint holds a moment in reverence. Osiris's last transmission was from beneath the moon's surface. But the pyramid's interference made it impossible to determine the exact location. It is too large an area to search. Hive machines are without spirits. Morbid constructs, a splicer's gauntlet cannot access for information. Mithrax says apologetically. But I wish to help the saint, as the saint helped Misrax and House Light. Then your company would be appreciated as I search. Mithrax is lost in thought momentarily before his eyes sharpen. The Vex on Europa kept records of defeated guardians, and likely ghosts. It may be possible to find Sagira's gravesite using their network. What? Saint exclaims. Perhaps it is their proximity to darkness that causes them to do so. But Misrax has seen such records, as I explored their network for knowledge to affix splicer technology to Guardian Arms. You sound like a warlock, so I trust you. Show me how we do this. Europa, Saint mutters. Could we not have gone somewhere warmer? He asks, dismounting the ram sparrow on a cliff overlooking the Asterian Abyss. I am used to the simulated sun on Mercury. Mithrax dismounts beside Saint. Vex apertures on Europa afford unique opportunity. We seek an invitation into that opportunity. Saint rolls his shoulders. We crush Vex's mind and use its brain like key. Yes, yes. This is not news to me. You forget, I spent many years in Infinite Forest. A brutal but apt description, Mithrax chitters to himself. We will have to draw out a Vex mind. 
The override integration here remains active. The light provides. You splice computer hole, I crush the mind. Saint starts to walk forward, but then halts abruptly. Do not drop me into a computer hole. Miss Rax will warn the saint first. You better. Saint turns to the elixir. I joke about the gold, light friend, but I am glad to have you here. I share in your glad, saint. They walk together. Swiftly, Mithrax forges the integration. As they come under fire, a violet refuge takes hold around him. He stands within the saint's ward, fearless and with clear sight. The Vex are numerous. They too know the saint. He lives up to their records. The mind is broken. That is uh, very long. But it was so fun. It was, yeah, you got to do two voices that you're good at. <laughs> it was good. Um, I really feel for St. 14, and I have been thinking about him the entire season since, you know, his beloved Osiris is missing or presumed dead. We don't know. A lot of people think he's dead. And I, I'm like the romantic sap that's like, no, he's still alive. I swear. Right, right. And I'm, I'm hoping that he's still alive because it, it seems like it would be a waste of a story. Me too. I feel like it would be a waste, and also like you need to have that hope. Destiny is about hope. Exactly. Like as little hope as we have, but it's still about hope. And so it's, it's hard for me to believe that they would just off osiris but you know it's also hard for me to believe that you know they'd make it as obvious as making it osiris but you know the lowest common denominator F fucking this story that we have now so <laughs> not salty at all no <laughs> i love that saint says velosk or tries to he's right. come so far right He's come so far since season of the splicer and you have me saying season of the splicer fuck you <laughs> well and and mythrax telling saint the nightmare you know the, the horror story that is the saint was the turning point right like that was the the point where saint was like oh crap this is how i'm viewed i don't want to be viewed that way it's so rough being viewed as that monster even though we see him as this hero and it's just all a matter of perspective i mean we see them as monsters yeah until this past or uh, two seasons ago yeah because they're like here's some babies look how cute they are it was immediate it was an immediate 180 like <laughs> Show us cute hive babies. I'm sure we'll change our mind, too. There's nothing that the... Yeah. You see those whenever you get a headshot. Yeah, no. We're... Shh. <laughs> Quiet. Go find an acolyte, get a headshot, and just watch what drops. Ew. It's a baby hive. Does the worm, like, fall out? Ew. It does. 
Oh, gross. <laughs> okay, hold on. Oh, hold on, back up. Back up for a second. We're taking a detour. What? No. What? Really? I never noticed that before. Oh, yeah. And it, like, shits out a worm whenever you headshot it? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I never noticed that. And it's been that way since year one of D2. Oh, my God. How did I not notice that? Because you're too busy running around doing the shooty shoots. Oh, my God. I am way too busy running around just <laughs> ganking things with Telesto. It's because I just, like, paint everything with Telesto and run well, and, away giggling. And, and, and a lot of that stems from the fact of, like, you have to get a headshot kill. Oh. So if you if you get it with like a fusion rifle, it doesn't drop it. Or if you get it with yeah, you know, a linear fusion or a rocket, like it it doesn't do it. Oh. And see, I just use like linear fusions until Lesto and like auto rifle. So it it would do it for the auto rifle, but you have to get headshot kill. I get headshot kills with auto rifles, but I don't pay attention. And therein lies the issue. I, just, <laughs> I have the attention span of a sparrow. I don't pay attention. So. But ew, I never noticed. That's disgusting. Wait, a, Icky. Wait, a sparrow bird or the machine? A bird. A bird. <laughs> a bird. Not the machine. I mean, if I had the attention span of a machine, I'd be a machine. Also, I'd have, like, a really high top speed. I'd be, like, Usain Bolt. <laughs> you could ride me all night long. Okay, we're going to keep going. But I'd be a sparrow. Vroom, <laughs> vroom. But, yeah. Um, Question mark. This is... I just... I, I I enjoyed how fun this this entry was. Like, it's sad because they're hunting for Osiris. But it's it's literally a buddy cop scene it is a buddy cop scene but i love how they're complaining about europa could we not have gotten somewhere warmer like say you're a robot who cares if you're warm you're a robot like you were built on europa like no no like he does say you know i joke about it but i know it's so funny you forget I spent many years in Infinite Forest. Oh my gosh. And oh my god, the way they wrote that was the most like stereotypical Russian. Oh my god. Like they, they left out certain words just to make it sound the way. <laughs> it's very it's very funny. I love it so much. Like I just like, I, I just I love this entry. Yeah. I he needs something and uh, I don't know. I, I, they even like mentioned Sagira. It makes me really sad whenever she's brought up. Yeah, like she was such a joy, and it feels like such a waste. And if they like honestly, if they really actually use like there are there are a lot of people in on on reddit those fucking gremlins that talk about like oh well what if they use sagira's like shell and like a part of her like spent light to like oh to help make like the new hive ghosts i'm like no she's dead like she's deader than dead well like i don't right 
she could still be dead, but I mean, like if you died, there's still going to be some residual electricity neurapsis firing in your your brain. Yeah. That's true. Like it, essentially it's the same idea. And I I could see the hive reverse engineering yeah. a dead body. Like Yeah, but like essentially it would be an autopsy. There's a difference between like a, an autopsy and like a leaving and a living breathing body and like a ghost shell where she right. purposefully expended all of her energy to save Osiris because he was being an idiot and should have left and found help. Right. Instead of been compul and I don't know how much of it was compulsion that he stayed and tried to fight on his own and how much of it was his own stubbornness. Uh, right. Because, like, who knows if Zivurath made him fight, like, under compulsion from her. And, and like, all... Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Like, I just thought of that right now. Like, was it compulsion from her that made him stay and fight? Because I don't... I don't know if he would have stayed... Yeah. Knowing how much he would have lost. Right. Because he had Saint to go back to. But that feels really idiotic, even for him, to have thrown everything away you know we've like really gone off on a tangent and there's like a lot more to read because these are really long entries but no like that that brings up a, a good question like even if some some species or or some individuals don't want to fight zivu what if she can compulse like what if they they can be compelled to fight her I'm assuming the stronger she gets, she can compel them to fight. And she has that kind oh of, or if just being around her, that can send them into like a fury or at least like make them not think straight and make them want to throw themselves into battle. Because, you know, Savathun has that kind of power where she makes people question things and makes people whisper and like makes them, you know, what I'm saying, see, now, now, I'm not saying it well. See, now that just makes me more excited to get rid of Savathun and let's focus on Zivu. That's going to be fun as hell. Yeah, but at the same time, like, Zivu might be really easy to get rid of. So? So, like... So she ends up being a nice gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be fun making it. Yeah. I mean, they're giving us a weird gun forge, even if it's not the forge I want. Bring back the forges, please. This is week 987. Please give me the forges. They didn't even come out 900 weeks ago. Oh, what I wanted anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I've, I've, I really enjoyed this entry. Yeah, this is a good one. It's really good. The pigeon and the splicer. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on to week three. Coming this fall on NBC. Oh, my God. Why NBC? Oh, I guess they have the most buddy cop shows, don't they? No, <laughs> CBS does. CBS has the most, body cop show, the most buddy cop shows. Because they have, like, NCIS and, like, uh, the CSI yeah. and, like, Hawaii Five-0. But anyway. And, like, all those shows. Okay. Um, let's move on to week three. Petra and Mara forbid Crow from talking to Savathun. Um, that's not what the 
They're That's right. not what the, the show notes say. <laughs> the bitch queen. <laughs> God, you're so insufferable. Okay. This is three. Risen from bones. Kelgarath, knight champion of death, kneels before his shrine of bone in the fog-ridden depths of the ascendant plain. Soulfire recedes into the ground around him, places his forehead against the shrine, smudging a freshly bloodied sigil of Zivu Wrath. He has added so many layers, but this is the first time the blood is his own. He does so to show his devotion, to reject the heretic sister, to pledge himself anew to war. The ascendant sky churns around him. He breathes deeply. It is his first breath of this life. He looks to the shrine before him, every vanquished contender ground to meal and packed between skulls to cement them in place. Trinkets of conquest and old spent weapons adorn the shrine from base to apex. He looks to them as he prepares to face his adversary. An empty ghost whose core he had gifted to defected scarlet wizards. Its guardian had ended him so many times, but he is Kelgaroth, and through battle he is reborn. No guardian can escape him, for they are heralds of death, and he swims in their wake. His eyes drift to another conquest, crystalline implants torn from the foreheads of an awoken Tekune. He hunted her through the ley lines for three days, tracking her by the stench of her fear. When he found her, she brought the Ascendant Plane down on him. He did not fall for this trick twice. He caught her again with his next life. The Tekkian's final words echoed in his thoughts. I still see the flecks of scarlet in your chitin. How quickly you abandon your witch queen. Kelgaroth recalls the night he renounced Savathun, the night he had scoured the scarlet from his flesh on the serration beds deep within the Hellmouth, the night Osiris slaughtered all Crotus' kin. Savathun was weak to allow their deaths, to cede ground to the celebrant, to guardians. Zivu Arath avenged them. Zivu Arath took Osiris' light and Kelgarath guzzled from it with vows of vengeance. He would prove his allegiance by stamping out any trace of the heretic sister. Herderu, his adversary, was a knight who still claimed fealty to Savathun. Herderu would be an instrument of example. Through battle, Kelgarath would confirm his new god. Through blood, he would erase the name Savathun and don that of Zivu Arath. He stands, bows, grips the cleaver and shield he will carry until he falls again. Herderu, he whispers to the bones. Tonight, he will purify himself in death. So much hivey cult bullcrap. Bullshit. Yeah, I know, right? Um, the one thing I, I picked up on is... Early on, he says, uh, to reject the heretic sister. 
and it's because Kelgarath was part of Crota's brood. So, like, they were all about the sword logic. And Savathun doesn't quite follow the sword logic the way they do. She let Zivu Arath just take the Ascendant Plane or take, you know, different places around the system via the um, Wrathborn or the High Celebrant. And because Crota's brood is the way they are, like, they would see that as weakness. Exactly. So he found a new religion. This, he did. The Church of Zivu Wrath. So explain something to me about their religions, because I feel like they changed their religions. They all have, Sword Logic is their, like, big upper religion. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they changed the religion within the religion. So is sword logic like forgive me for making this like very just kind of crass here. Is sword logic kind of like the Christianity and then like the different ones like I belong to the church of Savathun and I belong to the church of Zivurath. There's different denominations. Yeah, exactly. So like Zivurath is like being a Baptist or something. And then, like, Catholicism is, like, Savathun. (laughs) This is... Do not be offended. I'm so sorry. This is just... I'm trying to understand this. And and that's kind of how I view it. Like, they all believe in the grander idea of sword logic, but how they implement it is different. Or the the specifics are different. Um, Because we don't really see a hierarchy with Savathun, aside from... Oh, those ones are named. These ones aren't. There's nothing about a, a tribute line or tithing. Everything we've gotten about her is, oh, I'm trying to trick my worm. So I think it boils down to how they specifically want to implement the sword logic. So sword logic is so it's less rigid than it's led to believe then, because to me, it felt like it was very rigid and there was only like one it's sword logic sword logic's way or the highway is really kind of in d1 i mean like in d1 i sort of kind of half paid attention to lore but that was kind of the way i understood it and so now i'm seeing that maybe that's not the case well and that might be how oryx and zivu view it but the means to which they they go about that are different and savathun might look at it from a completely different angle because Savathun, that's that's the problem, is we have so little information about her hierarchy. Aside from, oh, that's her daughter. Oh, these are her, you know, sons or whatever. So it's just, it, we, we have so little information that a lot of it is guesswork based off of different entries. Like this one. You know, I mean, why would she be considered heretic for just allowing ground to be taken by an enemy? Yeah, I'm really interested in that. Like, who, why Kelgroth would think that Savathun is being a heretic just for that. Right. For that one thing. Was weak to allow their deaths. But, I mean, that's all of Crota's kin, and Crota was considered, like, very important. 
But why would Savathun... Savathun was weak at that point. She was still hiding in the shadow. She didn't have a body yet. Well, and, and I mean, a lot of that boils down to the fact that Oryx, and by extension, Crota and his brood, viewed the sword logic in a certain way. So, you know, allowing a Hive to die would show weakness, which by their interpretation of the sword logic means they deserve to die. I'm wondering now how Nocris would fit into all of this because Nocris is considered like very heretical. Right. You know, bringing things back to life when sword logic like strictly dictates or at least Crota strictly dictated. Um, or I, maybe Oryx, Oryx did. Or is it Oryx did? Strictly dictated like you shall not, you know, do necromancy ever period of discussion and now savathun's like yeah i'm cool with it finger guns well and and so like as as far as nakris because like i i was always confused about why nakris was heretical mm -hmm. but it's the same idea as having a throne world right and the only thing i can come back to is the fact that with a throne world you take that extra life true you know, you take that respawn, whereas with Nocris, you he's gifting that respawn. And Oryx always saw gifting as the worst possible thing because that's what the Traveler does. And the Worm Gods, and, and by extension, the Deep, um, have you take what you want. So it, it's it's an ideal that's just kind of ingrained in them. Okay, that makes more sense, actually. So... It's more benevolent and maybe they just don't believe in being benevolent. Yeah. Because they're so their entire being is so an antithetical to the existence of the traveler and the light and they worship the darkness in like that existence. So the idea of gifting you that extra life essentially that that that's the entire reason then so that is why it's considered heretical that's what i've been able to kind of come up with i don't have anything concrete to say one way or the other but that is my my logic behind that because whenever you read the the books of sorrow it's always about you know taking what power you want or taking Oryx killed Savathun so he could take her power. Oryx killed Zivu so he could take her power, you know? And whenever anything was gifted, there was a negative consequence. Like, the worms were gifted to, to the, the siblings. And now they're in that Faustian bargain. So then... That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So then it, it's just kind of an ingrained thing that, like, if I want something good, I need to take it myself. And if something is given to me, it's bad. But like I said, I, I don't have anything concrete that says one way or the other because Books of Sorrow are from Oryx's point of view. So it could be just completely wrong in that respect. Right. Um, and, yeah. and that might be why Savathun is like, oh, hey, nephew, I, I want your services because she views it in a completely different manner. I think she might just be more of a, I'm not going to turn away help when I can find it. And that may be true. And because some people 
don't turn up their nose at things just because someone else in a family might see it as bad. Be like, no, that's a beneficial thing to help me, you know, win a war or to um, <laughs> get the upper hand. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to turn it away. Yeah, so Aunt Judy said, we're not talking to Cousin Jake because, you know, he's doing really well and not giving anything to the family. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say Cousin Jake married, you know, his sister, but <laughs> you went a completely different way than I did. <laughs> what are you, from Georgia? <laughs> uh, uh, Kentucky, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How very dare you? <laughs> West Virginia. Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> We're way better than people from Georgia. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's some West Virginia type of shit. Uh, um, Princeton, Kentucky. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, wow. You want to read what happened week four? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, this is what happened during week four. Uh, Mara explained why Crow can't talk to Savathun. Mara argues with Ikora. You know, how long have the Hidden known about Crow? Uh, Ikora responded with, are you leveling this same scrutiny towards Petra? Wasn't she supposed to be watching his grave? Mara responds with, Petra has paid her dues. The vanguard murdered him and has yet to pay theirs. My brother is dead. His body exhumed. Blah, blah, blah. And when you actually talk to Savathun, she's comparing herself and her siblings and, you know, the ties that she had with her siblings to the vanguard and the awoken royalty in a bid to make us sympathize with her more. I can tell you it didn't work for me. It did me a little bit. But not really, <laughs> because I'm like, wow, bitch, please. That's like the Vanguard are not family. Like, that's totally different. Also, Kate is dead. So. Right. Like, she's the reason our fun also, uncle is dead. Yeah, I know. Like, that's your fault. Also, I mean, like, I guess. Crota and Oryx were fun also, but I'm not really sorry we killed them and. Turn them into guns. Uh, I miss Touch of Malice. Quack, 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 quack. Me too. When are we going to get that back? I'm hoping they're going to turn um, like, Crota into a dungeon so we can have Touch of Malice back. It was Oryx. All right. Crota was Necrochasm. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But either way, like, even if they give Touch of Malice a new perk, I would be all right with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quack, 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 quack. I would love to have it back. Um, so, uh, this entry is for art. Petrovenge hangs her head and examines the hilt of her sheathed knife. Transmit particles still swirl in the air around her like tiny flecks of dust as she steps forward back through the helm gate to answer her queen's summons. Marasov's voice washes over the chambers, stone and crystal. He belongs here, Petra. This place draws his old self out. She pauses, knowing Petra will be silent 
while allowing her to steep in the words. You saw it too. He should have never been allowed to leave. I wish I hadn't, Petra says with a heavy sigh. How am I to proceed? Mara stands on the terrace above her. Give him only morsels of who he could be. Nothing substantial. He is a canvas on which work has already begun. I mean only to guide that work to a familiar conclusion. Such things cannot be rushed. Petra shifts her stance anxiously. You... you're sure? Are you questioning me, Petra? Never, my queen. But I do worry that he is vulnerable to Savathun's influence. Petra offers. She clearly has taken an interest in him for some time now, and he clearly reciprocates that interest. Your words hold no falsehood. You and I will mitigate this danger. If Crow and Aldrin are to meet, it must be a subtle progression. Marasov leans over the terrace railing. I believe my brother's recovery is possible, Petra. Will you help me? Without a moment of hesitation, Petra responds, I will do anything you ask, my queen. But doubts sprout in her mind. If he does become problematic, Petra trails off, searching for the right words. You needn't worry, Mara soothes. If Savathun moves to exploit him, I will put an end to it myself. I love how cool and calculated she is. It makes her seem like a bitch. I know, but... But yeah, I mean... Still. I, I, I agree. Like, she lost her brother. She seems very cold and calculating about how to bring her brother back. We will see how that plays out next week. Yes, we will. Um, since we're not going to keep going after this one. Because <laughs> we don't want next week to be short. No. Or too short. Right. But um, it was interesting having experienced this one that I really... I I liked this week because the the argument that well it wasn't an argument it was a discussion like over the radio the radio talk that they had Ikora like goes off on Mara and we talked about this like in a previous episode you'll have to go back and find it it was a long time ago but it was like Mara and Ikora really had that talk and it she makes a good point. Her brother is dead. Crow is a different person. Yep. Crow is not him. And that put a wrench in her like grand plans for her brother, I guess. A lot of people think that she, you know, had some grand plan for Crow to like become her brother again. Maybe she did. We'll never know. Honestly. Now, I mean, we had previously discussed it that one of the queens was planning to use Crow, and we weren't sure which one. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if it was Savathun, like, 
she led him exactly the way she wanted. Right. As Osiris. But if Mara had originally planned to, to you know, take Crow under her wing, <laughs> this entire situation could be completely different. Like, we we just don't know which one of the two wanted a light bearer mm-hmm. as their personal bodyguard or toy. Right. And it honestly, I mean, it, it could have been both. And we just happened to step in and break whatever plans they had. We'll never know. Unless they specifically say, this is what I wanted to do. We can only speculate. Yep. That's just how it is, unfortunately. Um, Petra really, honestly, I think she still cares about Aldrin and about Crow, both of them separately, in her own way. I think seeing well, Crow really irritates her because it makes her think of Aldrin. And and that that very well might be it. Because there are different voice lines during astral alignment where Petra mm-hmm. is very cold towards Crow. Yeah. And, you know, it, there's there's one line that I absolutely love. And it, it's something to the effect of, like, Petra talking to Crow about how he's a poor judge of character. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, I liked you at first. Yeah. I I think there's actual credence to what you're saying. That Petra is cold towards Crow because she still sees Aldrin. And she's privy to Mara's plan to try and bring Aldrin back. So it So that might be playing into it. She might kind of hate herself a little bit that she has to do that for um Mara also yeah I've I've never thought about like what Petra has to go through like what kind of hoops she has to jump through for her queen and I know a lot of it is because she wants to because it's her queen and she's 100% dedicated to her but at the same time she has to do all of Mara's dirty work that Mara can't do because Mara fucks off to like the fucking netherworld for you know two years and we don't see her and so petra is left here dealing with all of her bullshit yeah because you know mara is wherever mara is being a selfish hiding out doing nefarious whatever hiding yeah in mara's mara's weird little world pocket universe i don't know wherever she was Uh, right and and that's that's part of the issue is that she just disappeared for two years and no actual explanation. Well, I know it was to quote unquote investigate the darkness and investigate the pyramid ships and like, you know, find answers on her own. Right. I'm sure. And that's the excuse. And like, yay, good for her. Like, hooray. But, you know, all of us were doing the same thing here. You abandoned your people again. It's your favorite thing to do. It's not really a good look when their sovereign just fucks off. That's really irresponsible of you. That's why you have Petra to go do that. Now, to be... It's, It's like if the captain of the ship goes and does the away mission and then, like, dies. Now, 
or disappears for two years. Like, don't do so that. So play devil's advocate. Okay. When Mara came back and and we were mm-hmm. chasing after Aldrin in the Tangled Shore, Petra was the only one who knew. Like, who... True. Who of the Awoken forces actually knew that Mara is still alive? Because that in itself shows the fact that she's willing to just let herself be dead to her people. I'm sorry, that's worse. That's not being a devil's advocate. That's worse. (laughs) That's not devil's advocacy. That's helping my side. That's worse. That's like... Well, okay, I'm using Star Trek as an example because I super love Star Trek, okay? Um in Dis- in Discovery season 4 episode 2, it just aired this week. <laughs> Spoilers for everyone. I'm so sorry if you haven't seen the episode yet. Spoilers. Spoilers for the next 2 minutes. Turn fast forward the podcast. But I can't fast so, forward. So uh you can are you going to watch it? No. Do you watch Discovery? Exactly. Shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> There is a part in episode one and two where uh, Michael, who is the captain of the Discovery in season four, finally only took her three seasons, four seasons. Jesus Christ. I mean, she went from like a convict to captain. That's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) This is pretty good. Like, you know, get get into captain. She decides she's like, I'm the best at doing spacewalks. And flying this little tiny like shuttle thing. So I'm going to do this in the middle of like a horrific kind of storm thing outside. There's lots of little like asteroids flying about. It's super dangerous. But I'm the captain of the ship. And, you know, I'm really good at this. I'm the best at it. So I'm going to go do it. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're the captain. You can't do this. <laughs> she's like, but I'm, th- I'm the best one. So I'm going to go do it. And the president of the Federation is with them observing this mission. This was episode one, by the way, um, not episode two. And she's just like, you're reckless and you should not have done that. And I'm like, yes, thank you, president of the Federation who pointed that out. And Michael's like, but I was the best suited one and it worked out. An asteroid hit her little buggy thing when she was like out flying around in space. She could have died. Like she got spaced. And then they had to like yoink her in somehow. And I don't remember how because it was like two weeks ago. But like she could have died. Like she almost didn't make it. Holy fuck. (laughs) What? Why would they let her do this? And her argument was like, well, I couldn't have let anyone else do it. I was the best suited for the job. I'm like, bitch, you're you're leading the ship. It's no longer your job. It's the same thing for Mara. Like, Mara, you're queen of the Awoken. You're queen of the Reef. You can't just fuck off for two years whenever you want to. You have responsibilities for your people. They can't just, like, think you're dead all the time. Technically, it was four years. Oh, my God. You can't just fuck (laughs) off for four years. That's even worse. Jesus Christ, you can't just... mm. But, like, we don't know how long she was dead. Okay, my point still stands. (laughs) You you can't just fuck off for four years. Oh, my God. 
<sighs> you can't and, just fuck off for four years. Like nothing's wrong. And and the the part that I'm getting at is is that none of the Awoken know that she's still alive. Yeah. Aside from Petra and maybe the Corsairs. Right. But like, I just, I I I can't figure out a way that she can justify it. Right. So. Orchid, do you have shout outs? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, shout out to Kenny and Dream for carrying me to Flawless. That was really nice. And winning that competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won. We won. Uh, Guardians of Lore victorious. Yay. That was fun. Half the podcast team was there. Yeah, you weren't invited. I know. I mean, granted, I wasn't invited until I was suddenly invited. That's usually how invitations work? No, I mean, like, I didn't know that we were doing, like, a battle thing. I was just going to play Trials until it, suddenly it was a thing. Gotcha. Like, I didn't know it was a thing until it was a thing. And then it was suddenly, like, a really big thing. And I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this? Oh, okay. <laughs> Like, I didn't know it was a, that we were actually like doing this until we, it was already happening. It's it's so I thought I was just playing trial. It's it's until they were like, it's one of those moments where like you're just having fun. And then all of a sudden somebody comes up and you're like, man, I can't believe you did that. This competition sucks. And you're like, what competition? <laughs> well, they told me like. I had planned on doing trials with Kenny. Like I would, I tried to do it the week before and it didn't work out. Cause I had, I, it just, my schedule and his schedule are hard because I'm on the West coast and he's in Sweden. Oh, so the time zones don't always, yeah, he's like 10 hours ahead of me. So the time zones don't always match up. It's actually easier to play with Australians than it is to play with like my friends in Sweden. So it's, it's difficult sometimes. The time zones, but Can't I want to play with why. Kenny. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it's my my sleep schedule works out better with Australians than it does with Swedes, surprisingly enough. But my backpack lives in Sweden, so um, <laughs> but playing with Kenny is hard, and I love Kenny to death. So um, trying to get that squared away has taken like weeks and weeks of organization. Um, just to like do a trials carry, just to find people to play with, plus him. So we finally got it to go for this weekend because I wasn't working and I had vacation time today uh, on Monday because I'm only working four days this week. So it, it ended up working out. So thank you, Kenny. Kenny and Dream. That was really nice of you guys. Thank you. I appreciate you. I contributed literally nothing. As usual. That's nice. Yeah. What about you? Shout out to the Hyvens for letting me just crash on their couch for a weekend. It's always nice. And uh, shout out to my brother and his family. He and his wife and her family all caught COVID. 
and they're starting to come out of it. But I'm still waiting to hear how her family is doing. Because um, her mom was in the ICU. Now she's not in the ICU, but she's on oxygen. And her father is still in the ICU. Shout out to them because I can only imagine how stressful that is. Oh my god, I hope they feel better. <laughs> it's 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 awful. I feel horrible for laughing about it, but my brother calls me every couple days and he's like, "So, so are you eating?" I'm about to describe what it tastes to me. <laughs> oh my god. That's so funny. Cuz apparently like he can only taste really strong tastes like He's putting hot sauce on everything. He's only like he's he's drinking orange juice and he's able to tell that it's it's a citrus and he's able to taste all the sh the sweetness, all the sugar. But like actual flavor is just lost on him right now. And I feel bad for him because that mm. was a big part of our life. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. God. Yeah, I just I saw Jenna. Um, I never mentioned this. Like I saw work wifey Jenna finally. It's only taken like a year for us to get together. She drove down from Seattle. So we got to hang out for like several hours. It's good. I was really happy about it. Yeah. So like we got like lots of hugs and I got to see Ben, her husband. Um, I haven't like mentioned her in forever. Like I, the last time I really saw her and spent time with her was um, I was in her wedding like two years ago. <laughs> And then I saw her like once after that, like you and I saw her. I think yep. that was the last time I saw her. She sent me a text just before we started recording saying that she spent time with her family before she saw me. And like one of her family members was around someone else who has COVID. And they now they have a high fever. And so she and Ben are like testing for COVID. I'm like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> are you kidding me again? <laughs> like, I can't do this. So, yeah. Fucking Christ. The, the charm? I, I, I don't know what no. to say to this. Do I get no? Is there a stamp card? <laughs> if I get it a certain number of times, do I get like. A free ice cream or free health care or something. Okay, that last one is over the line. This is America. <laughs> God damn it. Just get, tell us tell us about what we've won in this podcast. How about that? Well, certain people... We don't get free health care. Certain people you know. have won some special thanks. Oh, oh okay. Like, you know, the audio for this episode was produced by Rindle Zevis. You can oh shit, you can really? find him at Rindle Zevis. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of at Volshock B on Twitter. I love Volshock. The music in this episode is copyright Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit Ishtar-Collective.net. They're the resource we use to to make our show notes. Yay, thank you. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. And final reminders, you can find us on Twitter at Guardians underscore lore 
at Hey It's Orchid or at I underscore M underscore Elemist. You can... Nailed it. The nailed it is not part of it, people. Yes, it is. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave a review wherever you find the podcast. And if you do, let us know about it. And you can do that by joining Mm -hmm. our Discord. The invite is down in the episode description. But if you want to type it out, it's discord.gg slash lorehub. Nice. Yeah. So, Orchids, say goodbye. Goodbye. Take care. Bye, otters. Don't shit the bed. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Excuse you? When the rift shuts, the order comes over. I've read before, I swear. Have you? (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely not. Okay, I was just checking. (laughs) The tome carrier belches streams of malefic flame that effortlessly. Effervescent? Perhaps. I mean. (laughs) She's kind of frothy. uh, It was very frothy. (laughs) Okay. Um, Where was I? The tome carrier? Is it tome or is it tomb? The tomb carrier. Have I been reading this wrong the entire time? Do I need to start over? Where? Oh, It's tomb carrier, isn't it? Tomb carrier. Fucking tomb. There, tomb. <laughs> I know it's spelled wrong, but that's the only way I'd be able to read it. <laughs> tomb carrier. <laughs> it's like my light. Tomb town. Shut up. Herderu is Herderu. Is it Herderu? Yep. I'm just gonna say Herderu. Yep, Herderu. Herderu.